magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome. There's so much going on right now in this room. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Tell well, us. Well, we did adopt three kittens, and one of them is currently chewing on a cord. So hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. And there's, I mean, there's just a lot of action going on here. If my little office Christmas tree falls down in the middle of the podcast, you'll know why. Was that, who was chewing on the cord? Was that the, Kenneth or David? That was David. Aww. <laughs> David. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. You know what? I'm going to move this tree. No, never mind. He got a Christmas tree ball off it, and now he's playing with it, so I'm just going to do that. Anyway, so hello, everybody, and how was your week? How was your week? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Oh, good. Well, you know, we're in the U.S., so we had Thanksgiving, and it mm -hmm. was really nice. It's a nice Thanksgiving. What about yeah. you? You usually have issues with the holidays. Right. Now, yep. today, you didn't. No, I had a good holiday. Ted and I decorated for Christmas for Yule, and we um, watched The Big Lebowski, which is what we always do on mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I felt joy. I felt mellow. I didn't feel <laughs> pressure. I did feel some tension in my stomach, but other than that, no holiday problem. Which we what? will talk about with our guest, Luis Mejica, who we love. Yeah, we really had a great time talking to him. Oh, my gosh. It was so interesting. Um, <laughs> hold on. i got to deal with this. Hold on. You know what, honey? You can't do this, David. Okay, but this is usually where we talk about the cards we picked last week to see if they aligned. Do you remember? I know we picked, like, a grounding card. Yeah, so you chose from the, was it Muse Tarot? Do you remember? I think so, yes. Because it was, like, I did write the name of the card, which was Muse of Inspiration. Yes. And that was, like, abundance, grounding, gratitude. And I oh. chose from my Cosmic Dancer Oracle, Communicate with Spirit. Oh, did you do that? Yeah, I mean, I always communicate with spirit. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, I feel episode. like it was an, in what's that? I said, this is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> I feel like we're both like having Thanksgiving hangover a little bit. Just like, hmm, like holiday, mm. you know, energy. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I actually don't. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> Just like, I mean, like not fully present, like both of, I feel like both, you know, feel that. Oh, well, it could be because I had less caffeine today that you're sensing that. I oh. feel pretty present, but oh, okay. I do. I have had a little less caffeine today cause, because of the stomach thing. Oh, because your yesterday. stomach was tense, so you don't yeah, have the caffeine. Yeah, exactly. Like where it's going to be, where that's going to come into play later in the episode when we talk to Luis. We sure. I wish we could talk about what we talked about now so I could. <laughs> after the after the interview we can yeah reference okay. our conversation okay um so so it was just a regular thing for me i can continuing to have a lot of talks with spirit i'll just say that oh yeah you know as i talked about before where i am traveling 
<laughs> to my guides where they're building like a world, a light world around me or yeah. like holding me in the center so that I can create in this light world that's continuing to happen. And I'm being guided and helped to open up like different layers of my energy system, like my heart area. Ooh, yeah. Releasing old stuff and yeah into the light into the galaxy (laughs) (laughs) i like how you started laughing in the middle of that word (laughs) well it sounds you know pretty out there but um but that's what's happening that's what's happening tell it like it is to tell you that's happening (laughs) yeah i can relate to that in a different way i mean energetically i was resonating with that because man i have been having such a different relationship with my past self like over the last week or two, just like I'm like memories. I, I feel like we talked about this maybe at the beginning of the pandemic somewhat like that yes. this came up. But like this is really deep that these memories and like past selves are just like feeling so real. Like I'm just like that. Oh, yeah, that and that happened. And then I processed it like that, like having compassion for myself. And then br- it's like I'm bringing these parts back to me. Yes. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I've been doing with. The, and also this is part of when we teach our manifestation course. Mm-hmm. What we're going to be bringing in is these old harms that you know traumas and reparenting ourselves in them essentially like loving ourselves from those times yeah feeling it feeling it and then loving ourselves yeah you know I wonder I think part of it something that's really been helping me through this process is um sorry what's going on with the the kittens oh are all over it I I, I, hold on guys listen party's over it was fun while it lasted we can't continue this (laughs) i know okay do you remember where we were yeah i was um one thing that's really been helping me during this whole process is what you said about bringing shame into your heart like i think about i i feel my heart as light And then I like feel the shame of those ages and then I just let it in and it transforms it. It's so different than the experience of like, oh, there's shame. Oh, I don't like that. I'm going to step away from that. It just Mm -hmm. like feels so different. And like, and that is really part of this whole integration is like just all the feelings and, and the, and the heart, the open heart thing. Cause I think, I feel like that is often for me, I think for many, many people, painful to live with. An oh. op- I mean, it, it is yeah. painful, but it feels so good at the same time to live with an open heart. It's always painful and it always feels good. Yeah. But like that's that part of that is um, is bringing in all of these memories and all of the feelings I had and like it, honoring them and like letting myself even feel them now. It's just it's really yeah. beautiful. I feel yeah. like. It's part of, I think, I feel like part of it is quarantine, is like uh-huh. being, sitting with all of this, like mm-hmm. really sitting with myself and all of these aspects of me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, that's what, yeah. So that's when I was really doing so much of that. And then when my guide showed me, oh, look, you can go on the timeline and reprogram it as if it happened in another way. Yeah. So, which is, again, what we're going to be part of what we're doing in the manifestation and what happens is you start I you and everyone but I'm talking about myself now start to feel like 
oh, I really am worthy. Like, I really deserve all these things because I'm surrounding myself with, like, a family who supported me and, like, friends who showed up for me at, like, that time in my life where I really didn't have that, where I was just living in shame, basically, in my early 20s. And that was reflected in my environment, you know, because that's where everybody was. Yeah. So, like, reprogramming that in my subconscious so it's like oh I'm so loved I'm so supported and like last night I had a dream it's so funny I had a dream where these two boyfriends that I had that didn't really love me that much like um were really loving me like they were like committing to me in the dream and it wasn't until I woke up that I realized like oh that's because I've been re I didn't even work with them at all because I didn't really I don't really have any charge with them I don't really care one way or Mm -hmm. the other but still it came up in my subconscious like anyone who wasn't fully on board now is on board (laughs) oh yeah that makes sense because you have a different relationship with that part of you from then and so then they would have a different relationship with you and you would have a different relationship with them I mean I don't know if they actually do IRL but but in my subconscious it's like there's no room for anybody (laughs) to not be fully on board like like really supporting me that's so cool it feels so different like I'm excited for you to try that technique too you should try it where it's like going back and rewrite so I have done it I have done it and I like I yeah I um I read a book by John Randolph Price I think it was called the alchemist handbook maybe that was it where it I thought it it talks about that like rewriting um like a relationship and a um memory and I did a real elaborate one with my mom that is still there like in neuroplasticity I feel like it's like this alternate memory like I I remember what happened yeah um but then I also have this like alternate memory that nourishes me in a different way yes that's the crazy thing it's just like being altered like it really in a good way though it's like just like your stories really are just stories even though they did happen and I don't want to invalidate that of course they happen but they're also like happened and you're processing it through a certain lens so you can change that lens with which you process it yeah you can have a different relationship with it yes and then shift the dynamic yeah yeah first loving it loving yourself not loving it but loving yourself and then then maybe you do even love it and then you can change the whole thing up it's that's basically what I've been doing all week, like intensely. <laughs> yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. Oh, and you know, something else along these same lines that I did that was really empowering this week. I've been reading Burnout. Have you read Burnout? I got it, but I did not. I haven't. I so haven't. you told me about it. It's I know. with <laughs> Amelia. <laughs> just to refresh your memory. <laughs> um, by Amelia and Emily Nagoski, I think is how you... Maybe you pronounce their name. Any, maybe Who knows? something like that. But they uh, wrote a book about like the science of burnout and the science of managing, you know, your stress response. And so there's actually a lot of crossover with what we talked about with oh, Luis. Yeah. But one of the things that was really interesting that they had was reframing. Like when you have a goal or something you want to manifest or they don't say manifest something Mm -hmm. that you you want to do um and it's like 
really a frustrating goal for you and it has been over time to change the goal to something mm. that isn't as unattainable. So that what I did, I, I think I know they have different language for it. They call it something else, but it was like, that what's the goal that you have a challenge with? And at that moment, it was for me that I always, I'm like, I always want to love my body. Mm. And I, it feels pretty unattainable. And it has mm. felt unattainable for a long time where I've like learned a real different relationship with it that's way better. And sometimes I love it. But sometimes I get in these like self, these body criticism fit loops and that was like realizing that it wasn't just that but it was also the frustration like that I keep on having this goal Uh, of loving my body and I keep on not meeting uh, that goal so they have this worksheet that's like what's another goal that you could have instead that would be easier to attain that you could you could measure that your success at it Mm -hmm. like this is a way to minimize stress and burnout and I realized it's real simple to, when I change it to being kind to myself, being compassionate with myself instead of like, I have to love my body. Like yeah. instead, let me just be kind to myself with yeah. whatever feeling I have about my body. And it like, it just was such a relief <laughs> to be like, yeah. oh, I can totally reach that goal. You know, you know I wonder if, if that's partially because what the essence of wanting to love your body really is wanting to be kind to yourself. Like, yeah. To yes. Really good. Yeah. Yes, so exactly. Is, yeah, how and it's interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting how just that wording, like that, mm-hmm. that can keep you from feeling like that it somehow keeps you in this frustrating loop instead yeah. of just like, wait, th- something about that is, Boy, you know, we're really messing with me. Like page loop or <laughs> page loop. We're on the same, <laughs> like we often are, but doing the same kind of work because another thing I've been doing is really getting recommitting to the different essences of what I want to bring in um, and realizing like it's more about like even like say um, with for instance my YA novel you know and finding an agent for it it's really about finding connection and um, expression and when I focus on that part like oh it's just like and if some if I if someone doesn't want to be my agent, it's like, oh, they aren't the great, they aren't this my source of connection and way for me to express myself. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm just waiting for the right one who's see who I feel the connection with, they feel the connection with me and express it that way. Right. Yeah, those words and getting to the essence are so Yeah, the dynamic of it. Yeah, yeah. totally. All right. Well, let's uh talk about Goddess Provisions. Okay. I mean, why not? So Goddess Provisions is this really great box. They're vegan, cruelty-free, and they plant a tree for every box sold. And we get a little commission when is that how you want to put it commission sure you yeah. might as well just want? tell it like it is that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what we get okay i don't remember what i usually say and i said <laughs> is that how you want to put it like you're the one who said it anyway we do get something it's a great way to support the show we really appreciate it and the box is so great i mean there's so much great stuff like um this beautiful wooden incense holder in the shape of a moon they have candles crystals um i'm trying to think like wall hangings yeah um, i mean they're always different you can get one box you can get a subscription to Mm -hmm. the box 
Um, but it is true that like they are, they send you a lot of really fun stuff. Yeah. It's really, really nice to get, I got to say. Nice box to get in the mail. So if you would like to do that, you can go to our Instagram. We have a link on there, um, Magic Monday Podcast Instagram, and on our website, magicmondaypodcast.com. Um, and there's a little banner on the site. Yeah, so, and let's talk about you. our workshop now, our, yeah. our course. We're doing a manifestation course yeah. next year. Oh We're excited. Gosh. Well, that's only in like a month. Right, oh in January. It's crazy. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. Do you want to say something about it? Yeah, I mean, it's a four-week course. We're going to be sending video lessons, and then you watch the lesson for a week, and then we'll do a live Q&A. Um, and we're going to focus on holistic manifestation, like really loving yourself, accepting yourself, believing you deserve, and then getting into the vibration of what you want to manifest, and all of it being connected to your joy connected to your spirituality so it's not just about like let's get a bunch of stuff it's like let's learn how to lock into that flow yeah and like we were talking about before with the essence like getting into what are your the the true essences that you want to feel and create in this life Um, and bringing that to you through various means. And you can find out more on our website, magicmondaypodcast.com. There's a link at the top, I think, right? Yep. Um, Okay, and if you would like to call us to ask us a question, you can call us at (laughs) (laughs) 828-333-7181. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, but you've got to do it twice. 828-333-7181. We love getting voicemails and we appreciate them. So, yeah, call us and ask us a question or you can go to our website to ask us a question. To email us a question, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, You can, you mean on there, it'll link to an email. Yeah, like a message. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that it before we get to our interview? We're so excited to have Luis Mujica on. He's just we both really love him and he's going to talk about somatic healing um and here it is all right we are so excited to have our guest here so i'm going to read your bio first so luis mojica is a somatic therapist that helps people release trauma and stress by listening to their bodies he combines nutrition herbs, somatic therapy, and self-inquiry to create safe space in the body. From this safety, we're able to learn, transform, and better connect to ourselves and the world around us. So thank you so much for being here. Louise, welcome. We're so excited to talk to you. I really am just like so excited. Um, So I'm not sure, you tell me if this is, um, well, you can expand from here, but the I, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so much I, I want to begin. Can I? Oh, you can want I? to? But I have well, one no. question. I'm dying. Okay, you start. you start. Okay, well, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever started this way before. Okay. So what I really wanted to, the main, the big thing that I feel like is going to be so helpful for listeners that I've heard you talk about is the definition of trauma. I've never heard anyone talk about it the way you have explained it. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so trauma is um, a response your body has to an event. So when an event occurs outside of you, or we can even say inside of you, like a thought, right? And that event has a little bit of threat tied to it, whether it's actual threat or perceiving threat, doesn't matter to the body. The body has this surge of energy. And when that surge of energy, which is actually life force, when that surge of energy takes over the nervous system and overwhelms it, we have trauma. So essentially trauma is really the result of overwhelming life force from a, an experience of threat. Hmm. Does, does that make sense to you, Tess? Well, overwhelming life force, I think, does not exactly make. Could you clarify that a little bit more? Absolutely. So think about um, when we think of trauma responses, we think about these four major ones. So fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? So that's what the body does as a reflex in response to perceived or actual threat. And it's a survival mechanism. Now, the reason why I call it life force is because that same energy that rushes through to propel you or freeze you or fawn you from an event that's possibly life-threatening, once that energy integrates, the body gets nourished by it. So the same energy that's actually traumatizing the system and overwhelming it and making it sick, when it's put in check, when it balances, starts nourishing, revitalizing, restoring the body. So the um, energy itself is actually just life force energy. Yeah. It's just, is it in response to threat or is it in response to safety is how your body holds it. Oh, and also even probably, is it expressed? Like, is Correct. it like, can it move through instead of getting Correct. stuck? Yeah. That's, that's the piece with trauma is yeah. when, we ha when we're traumatized. So our trauma response is movement instantaneous movement and then when that movement for any reason is constricted and we can't fully move through it let's say you wanted to have a flight response but you didn't run so you froze instead for whatever reason then yes that life force that energy that we call trauma gets constricted and then we're traumatized so oh. trauma and traumatized two different things trauma is just a natural thing that happens to humans that's, that's right oh, okay that's right. Wow. So then how do you get nourished by it? Mm. Gosh, that's what I love. It's so, it, so <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there, there's, there's so, it's such a big, such, so, such a big answer. Um, mm. How do you get nourished by it? You learn how to embody it first. And mm. the, it is the trauma, you know, like how to embody trauma because up until the 70s, when Peter Levine, who, who studied, uh, not really studied, I would say he invoked somatic experiencing, which is the kind of therapy I'm trained in. He discovered this from sitting in a session with a client who looked like she was scared, mm. but wasn't actually in her body. She was talking about events in her life or stress she was going through, but she had her shoulders pulled up and her fists were tight and she was like clenching her jaw. And he suddenly saw this apparition, apparition of a tiger. And he said like, quick, there's a tiger behind you, run. <laughs> <laughs> and it moved that, that life force that she was, uh, it was just a whim he had. He had no whoa. idea what he was doing. And it immediately started to integrate. So the energy that was constricted in, let's say uh. the jaw through the screaming or the movement or the crying or the shaking, whatever it was primitively the body did it released that stored energy and then it integrated and it became nourishing. So once she was able to move the body, just by moving it, it nourished her. That's right. 
her whole experience. Then she oh, was right. like able to embody her whole self as opposed to being like crunched. That's well, right. Because it- yep. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Because the two things you said there that are important, it went from threat to I survived. So mm. it goes from this like body belief of I'm still in threat versus I actually outran the tiger in this case. And then in that moment of I survived, the body regulates and then it opens and constriction goes away and you expand. And that's when that same energy that traumatized and constricted you then becomes your life force and breathes into you. And you're kind of at one with it. And you have access to your whole body then, like yeah. you said, you're not just constricted in the jaw, your whole body's online. Well, this reminds me of um, chi. I mean, I know it's life force energy, it's chi, but I study feng shui and in, well, actually it reminds me of water. It reminds mm, me of the element yes. of water that when it's stagnant, it's, it gets toxic, it gets stinky, it could kill you. you know? but, then, come. but you need yes. it and it nourishes you. And when it gets moving. That's such a good analogy such a good imagery such good imagery for anyone who's listening because that's exactly right this beautiful nourishing living element Mm -hmm. that feeds our entire life existence on this planet if constricted or stuck or stagnant becomes poison right it's the same creature it's just in a different state right yeah Yeah. so if something traumatic is happening to you and you're present in your body and you're feeling it then it's not, then you won't become traumatized. Is that what? So yes and no. So if, so when I said about embodying the trauma, usually this takes place after the threatening event. So it's, I think you could get to that point if you did this work, let's say for years, then suddenly a traumatic experience occurred. You would in that moment feel your trauma response coming on and you'd have the capacity to actually be present through it. So it'd be a different situation. But that, that, that third piece, like I, I break it down in a very simple three-step process. Like the stimulus comes in, the body has its trauma response, and then we regulate, which means we survived. And that's when the trauma and or what we're calling trauma, that energy goes back to life force and revitalizes us. Mm. When you don't hit that I survived place, that's when it just stays constricted because the body's still looking for the threat, even though it's, it's been decades possibly still somatically your body's looking for the threat because it believes it's still there you haven't outrun it so when i say about becoming embodied i'm talking about mostly after a traumatic event feeling what was happening in the body and where it's still being held not even having to go back to the event but where's your body still holding it and then without context you can actually watch the body move it when it's not constricting so this brings me to i've heard you talking about coupling I think I'm, I hope I'm saying it right. Discomfort and trauma. Is that what um, you say? Uh, so it's close. Yeah. It's okay. essentially, um, there's many things we overcouple when we're traumatized. Overcoupling is when the body essentially confuses two things together. Like kind of inevitably, it just always believes, for instance, um, speaking my needs equals abandonment. That's yes. an overcoupling. Yeah. So when you have a traumatized uh, a developmental trauma in your life, let's say, um, you had an alcoholic parent and whenever you said what you needed, they either hit you or they abandoned you or they weren't even able to be there for you because they were drinking. Then you're going to have these relational concepts that get overcoupled 
Mm-hmm. that say my expression equals my danger right oh yeah mm-hmm. I and have so that. <laughs> yeah no so we we all have an overcoupling somewhere mm-hmm. and and the the most important thing with trauma is i'm using a major um kind of like a a typical idea of like an alcoholic father or mother but trauma is so much more covert than that mm-hmm. it's, it's any situation that feels like threat to the body and overwhelms the body it's that simple mm-hmm. so a four-year-old that sees something on the television and doesn't know what to do with it. And the body is too young to deal with it. That's a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So we have these overcouplings. And so I'll, I'll let you finish you were asking, but that's essentially what an overcoupling is. Well, it's funny you said that exact one that I have though, the mm-hmm. Dane expression equals danger. And so I'm just wondering about the healing of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, so many different healing modalities I use and I'm coming this is like the latest one that I'm coming to that's so powerful that is so amazing so yeah I'm just wondering is it about being present being aware I mean this may be simplifying it too much but how you would um yeah how do you come to healing from uncoupling so I'm going to answer in a simplified way for sure, okay. but just so you and everyone listening understands is the nuancing is so deep when you're working on it with a therapist or by yourself yeah. and, and over time, you know, because if you think of an overcoupling, think of all these tree roots, when you're uncoupling, you're taking like one root mm. at a time off until eventually they, they're clear and there's space between them. Uh. So the most simple way to explain it to you, if you want to right now, can you feel in your body that overcoupling? Can you feel expression equaling threat? Yeah. Where do you feel it? Well, right now I'm feeling it in like the back of my neck. And what does it feel like? Um, it feels like, what does it feel? It feels like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not great for podcasting, but it, <laughs> I basically meant like it feels like a lot of tension going up, like, like, like right. solidified. It feels like so, not movement. That's a better way to put it. Now, what you said that was important, you said tension. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what we all will find when we do the somatic work, and anyone listening can try right now, like check in with your body and just notice where is it constricted. Wherever your body is constricting, that's where you hold your unconscious threat response, okay? That's where some, some part of you is holding unconscious threat or trauma memory or expectation. So when we get the butterflies in our stomach feeling before we speak, there's so many unconscious projections that are happening in the body and mind about what's going to happen when we speak. So in this case, you're talking about expression. You feel that in your neck. Now put your hand there for a moment just so you're, you can like really want to embody the sensation. This is the embodying the trauma response. It's the first step, just Mm -hmm. to feel it. I think for me, because well, just even being aware of it, it lessened. Yes, that's what tends to happen for many of us. Yeah. Just witnessing it, it starts to ease. Now find a place in your body that has no constriction, that feels rooted, that feels calm, that feels here. Where would that be? weirdly <laughs> i think it's because it moved it i it's like the now my throat chakra like the front of my of my throat and that feels good there yeah it does so put your other hand there and all we want to do is uncouple these experiences from the present these sensational mm-hmm. experiences so your neck 
it's allowed to feel that, but show the neck that right now it's actually not experiencing this. The throat is experiencing this right now. You mean the throat is experiencing openness? Yeah, the, the throat is yeah. experiencing a reality where you're expressing yourself on this podcast. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. totally safe, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we huh? orient, right? Yeah, and then safe. we <laughs> and then we, we then we orient to the room, you know, like you look around the room, you yeah. take in tests, you take in me, and your body starts to show I'm talking, but I'm safe. Yeah. And so it's just a slow sensational uncoupling of things that usually do this, like in a, in a split second. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So. And it, it reminds me too of conscious breathing, how when you bring your awareness to your breath, how it just starts to naturally find mm-hmm. the spots that like the con it's so powerful. How just like simple consciousness yeah. starts to un- kind of like take the tension out, yeah. spread it around in a comfortable way. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like when we talk about the Sedona method, this other technique of just being aware just allowing what is to be just allowing it moves the energy yeah just putting awareness on it what you just said was like that's the medicine what you're both saying and this is kind of more of a spiritual philosophy but over time when you practice any of these modalities you start to notice that what is reality without any context attached to it is always so medicinal yeah always medicinal right yeah it's very interesting yes it's like that that's yeah the healing spot is like i'm breathing in i'm breathing out how does that feel that's right (sighs) just being in the moment so i would like i hope you don't feel like you've spoken about this too much but i'd like for you to talk about your childhood experience and trauma because I listened to your first podcast episode, which I highly recommend everyone listen to. It's so good. And I didn't real like the first half of it, you haven't, you've haven't spoken about your childhood experience with your body. And then when you got to that part, I realized that I had been making assumptions about you. Like I, I realized like that I had been kind of holding back from you a little bit because I I didn't know this, but I was like thinking, okay, this this cool hippie guy's gonna tell me about my body, about being in my body. Like, but then when you said what happened to you, I was like, oh no, no, he this guy gets it. Like, this is someone I can trust to understand mm. what it feels like to be uncomfortable mm. in a body. I so appreciate that. Um that happens a lot and I love that actually. <laughs> like there are times I've even considered like making myself look straighter because mm-hmm. I, lo- I love like slipping under the wire. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, at first glance I look like this like white cisgendered man that, that like loves nature and is just gonna talk about beautiful things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what often gets, that's what often gets projected. Um, but the, the, the reality is, you know, I was, I was born to such an unusual circumstance, right? So I was born with um, a condition. So there, there's a, it, it's such a blanket term, but intersex is the blanket terminology. It used to mean very specifically, you had to be born with um, double genitalia. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it used to be defined. So like we would think of like hermaphroditism is a, an old word for it, but uh, biological androgyny. But you were born with two sets of sexual organs, maybe it'd be your testicles or on the inside, or maybe you had ovaries on the inside, but externally you had a penis. So all these different ambiguities of actual genitalia. 
it has morphed over the you know last few decades into encompassing something much richer, which I'm actually very thankful for because a lot of people, it's such an ambiguous identity to have um, because it isn't really, it isn't in a, a specific box of an identity, right? Mm -hmm. And so it can just be your hormones, it can be chromosomal, mm. it can be hereditary. I mean, there's so many factors for me it was a hormonal imbalance where my body made tons of estrogen at birth. So when I was born, I was born with actual little breast buds and breast tissue. So it wasn't like someone who, let's say, like gained weight and had, you know, um, fat on their chest as a man. It was actual breasts. And then there was like hips that started coming through. So I had these first, the first nine or 10 years of my life was a really slow progression toward what felt like a female puberty, mm. um, male genitalia, but everything else, you know, like the, the emotional aspect, the softening of the body, not mm. no muscle, muscle, no muscles coming through the development of breasts, stretch marks from hips being, you know, coming through very quickly, mm. such an emotional and introspective experience. Um, and not having control of my own body, which set me so far from men, you know, like, I guess we'll call it just cisgendered men, uh, because biologically, as they were coming into themselves, they were getting really lean and really strong and very muscular. And they had this perception of identity that doesn't change. You know, they were coming to this fixation of the self. Mm -hmm. And what I see is what I am, and it's very cut and dry. No mm -hmm. one's going to question it. Whereas I was coming into so much mystery, and there was no words for what I had. The doctors mm. had no clue. They didn't know about intersex or Klinefelter syndrome. Oh, like, none of that exists. So it was just kind of like, what am I? And they said, well, when you hit puberty, your breasts are just going to go away. And so there was this concept, like the magic day is going to come <laughs> where, where, you know, I'm going to blossom into a man. And up until then, I was just like, I don't even think I'm a man or a woman, mm. you know, and I'm not. But, and so as it was moving, uh, testosterone started to come in very late. And then the breasts just stayed, nothing changed. And I realized, oh, it never went away. So I immediately started hiding myself, right? Because I had so much shame over like, what am I? And of course, by this time, I had experienced such intense uh, physical trauma and relational trauma through my male peers. Yeah. I was raped three or four times. Oh, I oh, had a lot of, lot of, lot of vicious bullying. I had teachers have to escort me from one room to the other in the oh. same hallway because of the amount of hatred oh. that, that I invoked in men because I was ambiguous. And so it, I appreciated what you were saying because I have this true like learned experience of what misogyny feels like yeah. as a man yeah. yes. very unusual very um, unusual right the only men i know that have that same experience are trans female mm -hmm. you know, trans feminine male right. to female and they're not really men anymore of course but when they start their transition and they're transing they feel that same oh wow the way i'm treated in public or the way someone looks at me with a skirt but you'd have no idea so i yeah. i was born into that condition which to me is now like the greatest gift I could ever fathom because yeah. all those years of suffering really helped me understand like women, marginalized people. I grew up in a biracial family. So I, I feel like I really literally was just born into the middle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's such so a unique experience. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I remember feeling so much shame about my body mm. as an adolescent, mm. like so much shame. Yep. And it was like, I, I didn't have that. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I wasn't 
Like I it was pretty normal looking girl. I did I fit in pretty well, but I still yeah. felt mm. like sick to my stomach about mm. developing yes. breasts and all of that. Oh, and wow. like that, it's just so inspiring to me that you not only experienced that and got through it, but like are thriving from yeah them. and are helping people yes. like enormously heal that for themselves i mean that is so huge mm. yeah it's really inspiring yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired uh, whatever I'm, no no i'm really i'm really feeling it well, oh, i think one thing i wanted to add that, that i think is important is when i was 21 i got top surgery and so I, I appear, you know, unless someone's really good and they look at my hips, like I appear mm. just like, you know, a man, you mm-hmm. know, normal man. Mm-hmm. I have a big beard and like I have natural testosterone, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, yeah, I got top surgery. But what's interesting is for five years after the top surgery, I still lived with the posture of hiding of breasts. And that's what brought me to the somatic work. So yeah. if, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have realized I was still holding like 20 years of hiding breasts, oh, um, yeah. right? So that's why I love this work so much. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It is amazing. You know what I was thinking? Um, sorry, another kitten jumped on me. Um, is, well, I do really want to, I, we have to talk about co-regulation, but I just now wanted to say what's so interesting is like, Tess, I didn't know you had all that shame growing up but you're very, maybe it's your Virgo-ness because you're very body-centered. Oh yeah, no, I really do focus a lot on my body and it has been a whole deep, like I can feel so much like strength and power from it for sure. But yeah, I just felt like, I mean, as a, I just had a, I, I, being a kid was not easy for me. Well, I was just, I mean, come on. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> ways that I felt like really sensitive about oh, yeah. being a kid and, yeah. and being like seen and having people have opinions about me. And like, it was just so whole big thing. Um, but the, I was also going to say, weirdly, that was like maybe the one way I didn't have shame was um, about my body. Probably because that was like the only thing my mother, um, complimented (laughs) um but I'm not like I'm coming to this where I feel like it's the proof that there's so much healing and trauma because I didn't have like any body stuff but all the other stuff is what I grew like my relationship Mm. to my self-worth and all of that not that you don't also do that but it's just like the body you're just more in your body Mm. I think there's there's a real there's a real wisdom too that comes when you're growing up with body shame and you get on the other side of it. Cause the way you're putting that, I, I appreciate like when you're saying about Tess, but like when you're in your body and like Tess is saying, when you're, when you're uncomfortable in your body, you become so aware. And, and there's this hypervigilance of your body and like what's showing and what's someone going to say about it. And, and in my case, literally overcoupled with threat, like someone sees it, yeah. I get hurt. So yeah. Yeah. It, right. But so when you, when you develop in that awareness and then you get on the other side of it, then you become this really great facilitator or healer because you're so, you really understand the body and people's bodies and can feel those bodies in that way. Yeah, because that feels so necessary. Because I also, I was not raped, but I was molested as an adolescent. And so I feel like that also contributed. And then like my parents contributed to body shame because they had body shame. And then, so it is like, okay, this... I, I need to yeah, figure yeah. this out. <laughs> but then I guess I'm just thinking about like, well, Tess thinks this is really funny, but well, two things. One is that I wasn't in my body. So that 
was I disassociated from it to get by. Mm. So even though I was like fine with my body, I was also just like, I don't care. Well, I don't think that's funny. I think no, it's not funny that, that part. No, no, oh, okay. I know you don't think that's funny. I'm getting to the funny part. Trust me, we'll get She's that. not that sadistic. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> no, this part is the funny part is that we were, I don't know why we were talking about jumping on trampolines. <laughs> I don't either. I don't remember how we got to that. But we were. And when, like, when I jump on a trampoline, I'm terrified. It terrifies me because, and this is Tess realized this, I feel like I'm <laughs> never going to come back down. <laughs> like, I'm going to fly. She doesn't trust like- gravity <laughs> to bring her back down. Yeah, oh, that's I, why we figured yeah, it out. Because I always say, like, how I love to feel gravity. Like, that's mm-hmm. an anchor for me is, like, mm-hmm. feel my weight on the earth. And then Natasha's like, what is that? What do you yeah, mean? I don't feel, feel your weight gravity. On the earth. I don't feel, I never feel gravity. No, that's mm-hmm. not something I feel. And even when I'm, like, jumping, I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, I'm going to fly away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Such a ridiculous conversation. I don't know if that's because I'm not like, it must be because I'm not in my body. Do you have any thoughts? About that? Yeah, no. It's, and to me, it's not ridiculous at all. Okay. Um, I uh, Are you a Pisces or what's your sign? Well, I'm Pisces rising. Oh, okay. Yeah, you look yeah. like such a Pisces that you're rising. Yeah, um, yeah. What's your sun, sun sign? Aquarius and I'm Libra oh. moon. What Got are it. you, by the way? What I'm Virgo as well. Virgo. Mm. What about your yeah. moon and rising? Yeah. Um, Cancer moon Leo rising. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there's even that masculine feminine in the chart. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, your sun and moon. Cancer moon. That makes yeah. sense. My son yeah. is Cancer moon too. Nice, He's nice. such a feeler. <clears throat> and my husband's good. a Cancer. Anyway. Um, yeah. So no, no, you're, that- you're good. What you're saying is important because when you, so when you develop, um, everyone has everyone's bodies i always like to make it about the body because we tend to identify with what our body does as if it's us then we feel all this shame or guilt for it like well why do i do that i want to do this but it's really the body intuitively responding to energy so everyone has a different way their body responded to overwhelm as they developed and your way sounds like dissociation and for some of us, you know, everyone dissociates usually when they're having a traumatic event, but some of us will like for like, I'm very much like Tess, like the earth is so good for me, like grounding, mm. feeling the weight. So even during all my traumatic events and the years of PTSD, I didn't dissociate as much. I, I might've mm. done dissociative things like ate a lot of sugar or watch TV for eight hours straight, but I was very much like in my body, in my grounding. Um, and so you were my... too, because you were ju- a gymnast. Yeah. Right. I don't so think really... it was like an option for me, maybe, to not be in my body. Well, but that's you how maybe I feel you too. didn't try it. But I think... <laughs> you didn't try a dissociation drug. But, <laughs> Pretty but... easy. <laughs> but for you, Natasha, it sounds like, you know, your way was uh, disassociating and, of course, dissociating from things. So y- your body, your nervous system developed with that kind of experience to overwhelm. And then when that mm-hmm. develops that way, it just becomes your resting state. So that, that's what tends to happen. Oh, gosh, so interesting. Yeah, you know, I from listening to your first podcast, I am really am going to need to listen to all the rest of them because yeah. I, yeah. I like have this deep realization because I to this day, I still will sometimes have tension in my belly, which I had yesterday mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving because holidays sometimes stress me out. Um, and I was like, when I was listening to your podcast, I was like, when is the first time I felt that? And I was like, when I was six at the mall 
when my mom realized I needed new jeans and I felt shame. Mm. I can't believe you can pinpoint that because holy moly, that's so interesting to me. I know. I was just like, oh my God, I was six and I felt shame that I grew out of my jeans. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, it's that. I'm so glad you're saying that because that's what I was trying to open with earlier when I said it doesn't have to be a major life-threatening event. Yeah. Right. It can be something as innocuous seeming as I grew out of my jeans. Something all of us go through as kids, right? right? Yeah. So it's these simple little rites of passage, how they were handled, how we interpreted them, that can actually traumatize ourselves, right? Well, because yeah. I know, I mean, like I actually have even pre-verbal memories. I remember shame really early but are you kidding that I could tell like when I was like 40 I went to this um the grim uh, this lady that did the Grimberg technique I don't know if you've heard of that it's a body centered therapy like they feel your feet and she like felt my feet and was like safety your issue is safety and I was like oh my god yes but then she was like do you feel tension in your stomach she's like oh no she went to my stomach and said there's tension I was like I don't even there's nothing. I don't even feel that there's nothing there. Then I realized, oh, I always have tension in my stomach. Mm. I'm con- like, I never don't have that. And I would have no idea to when to pinpoint that. So, so that's, you and Tess that's are exemplifying fire. exactly what we were saying about how the body responds to traumatic events. Tess's were so visceral and like sensational. And the image com- comes to her and the moment comes to her through sensation. Like we call that tracking. So, you know, you feel that and you're, and you like meditate into the sensation and you track where it might've started or situations where you felt that as well. So you go through almost this like travelogue sensationally, but for the, those who dissociate, you're not going to be able to track mm. to an event because you've dissociated from the sensation and the event. So it's going to be harder for you to actually find image and the whys are going to be harder for well, you. Well, I do have lots of memories. That's the thing. I know all the events and I've, but I just don't feel them in my body. That's your dissociative state. Yeah. 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 I see. And just dissociation is always a result of overwhelm. So when you say like, I hold, like you have tension in your stomach all the time, but you never feel it. Wherever someone feels numb, like when I'm working with them, that tells us where they have the most overwhelm of trauma oh. energy. So numbness doesn't mean you don't feel. Numbness means right. you feel so much. Your body has to like turn it down oh. a little bit. Yeah. Since then I've become aware. I'm like, oh, okay, there's the tension. And I, like my husband one time, he was drinking water and he's like, I love that feeling of when the water goes down into your stomach. And I was like, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And when he said that, I was like, Oh gosh, I have to really pay attention to my stomach. And since then it's been loosening, but it's, it's a lot. I mean, cause I do so much healing in the like astral and chakras and and like to Mm. bring it into the body. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do past life healing and I really, a lot of growth but it's just like now to have it in the body as a whole yeah i love that um sorry okay we uh, sorry if we're going too long but i want to ask one more question is that okay absolutely i'm I'm enjoying my time with you okay great (laughs) um okay so we didn't get to the big um i don't know if this is the center point of somatic healing but co-regulation and regulation i'd love to hear you talk about that yeah, so reg- so regulation is the key point. Okay. So so hard. There's several key points. So <laughs> so regulation is one major factor because regulation is what did not happen 
And that's why we're traumatized. So without regulation happening in that cycle of trauma response and threat response, that's what keeps the trauma in the body. So let's say someone slams on a door really loud, they bang a door and you go, <gasps> and then you look and you realize it's like your best friend, you know, joking with you. Ah, oh, you know, you just went through a cycle. You, the stimulus, the, the freeze response, and then regulation, I'm safe. So when you think of developmental trauma, and you think about the relational traumas in a household with children to their guardians or siblings or teachers or peers, you're, you're consistently experiencing what we call a cycle of rupture and repair, where there's a rupture in that relational field. It could be being picked on at school. It could be your dad or mom yells at you this morning. <clears throat> it could be you first partner breaks up with you. You know, you're 13, you have your first breakup, whatever. These are all ruptures that are inevitable. The repair is what builds the resilience. And the reason that is, is because when you have a rupture, you have an activation. So when you were feeling that constriction in your neck and you were even saying like the energy is moving upwards, activation is like, if you imagine a tube of water and you're squeezing the bottom of it, it's like bursting through the top. When we get activated, it's just the nervous system, the electricity, that whoosh. Like when you see a deer run in front of your car and a whoosh happens in your body. That's your adrenaline turning on, your threat response, your life force energy, I call it, that's mm -hmm. overwhelming and it's coming up. And so the nervous system is holding a lot of charge. Once the regulation comes in, whether it's a couple seconds or a couple days or hours, that charge then settles and becomes life force and integrates again. So regulation is essentially the antidote to trauma. Co-regulation is when someone else's nervous system helps your nervous system feel safe. So all of us have someone in our lives we can think of. It might be animals. It might be plants. It could be humans, animals, plants, anything with like a nervous system or energy, right? Mm. A system of its own that's alive. And if you think about that person or that place or that, that, that animal and noticing how the body just feels like a sense, usually softness, a sense of expansion, what we call feeling safe, that's one of our co-regulators. When our co-regulators, when we're kids, our co-regulators are always the people who are bigger than us because we literally need their big nervous system to help regulate our tiny one that's still developing, mm -hmm. okay? And it's like 25 years of developing the nervous system. So people think it's like yeah, the first yeah. four years of life. It's like, no, like the brain hasn't stopped actually forming till mm -hmm. you're 25. And then we know there's neuroplasticity, so it never really ends. It's, it's a very uh, shape-shifting creature, the nervous system. And I'm saying that just because when you think of being really little and developing to a big tree, like the nervous system roots, you need that those co-regulators around you to reflect safety back to you because you don't have the capacity to. When they don't do that innocently because they can't themselves because they're traumatized, then we hold and store that trauma alone. It compounds and we have what's called trauma stacking where you just keep stacking them up without ever dealing with them. And that's what we have with developmental trauma. So when you do enough somatic work, you get to this amazing place of self-regulation which means you have all these safety stores in your own body and your nervous system and your mind actually regulate to themselves. And that's different from auto-regulation, which is when you isolate and you eat or you watch TV or you drink beer uh, or you have sex or you know any kind of drugs. That's auto-rest, using a substance to chemically alter you. Even mm -hmm. TV will chemically you know, create hormones and chemically alters you temporarily. Whereas self-regulation, that you're just using your body to regulate yourself. Mm. 
So I wonder, because I teach inner child healing and I do inner child healing and that feels to me like self-regulating. Do you know, would you spot on that? Spot on. Yeah. I call it um, somatic reparenting because it's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is, I just like could talk to you forever. It's so interesting. I know. And I want to talk about fawning too, but maybe (laughs) next, maybe next time. Okay. Maybe we can have you again. I just want to say real quick, because my mother was like, I'm not even exaggerating, was literally, um, hyper like she was like <gasps> like she you mm. come to the door and she'd be like where are your things like she was like <laughs> really like almost like stereotypical jewish lady from brooklyn like it was just yeah. like <gasps> and oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> i feel like now that's i'm just realizing like of course i didn't want to be in my body because like how could i be safe around that yes. in my body and that's the thing as kids we don't know that we're attuning to another person's system we don't know that mindfulness comes much later like we just don't know that so your your system was attuning to her activated system to the point where then you had to tune out right it was just too much all the way to zero turn it off (laughs) yeah yeah that's what happened yeah exactly um well this is do are you okay to i did we'll just if we can have you on again we would really love it i'd be honored no pressure but uh yeah yeah, but you have have, to come back (laughs) i have so many more notes of things i wanted to talk to you about but maybe next time i would love to Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. And where can everybody find you and what are you offering and just tell them everything. Um, Okay. Let me think what I'm offering. I have a uh, webinar in January. I think it's January 17th and it's how to get off of caffeine because caffeine is the thing that <laughs> uh, uh, Tess really I, saw I don't look. drink caffeine saw... well because <laughs> I've tried so many times that I'm like really like oh yeah okay well we'll see if you, e- if you email me I'll send you I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay for your registration as a thank you yeah because I've, I've, it's been fun to be on here but I'll send you a registration link but caffeine is what actually activates fight or flight so someone that has um, trauma, under unprocessed trauma or anxiety or inflammation, all these things that are activated physiological states, every time you drink something or eat something with caffeine, you're literally turning that on. So trauma healing is so good when people get off caffeine. So I'm going to teach everyone how to do that. Um, and then in March, I have my six-week course, which is a deep dive into learning all this work on your own. And I'm um, definitely taking that. I cannot wait. Oh, nice. Oh, so happy to have you there. Yes. Be great. But okay. everyone can find me at uh, holisticlifenavigation.com. And that's the same name for Instagram and Facebook. And also that's the name of your podcast, right? Correct. Yeah. It's a really great podcast. Excellent podcast. Listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you so much. So thank great. you. So nice to be here. Okay. Well, that was so great. We really looked at him. Loved it. Yeah, I'm already just having, just from talking to him briefly, I'm having so many realizations just about like, um, he said after, or maybe he said it during it, I don't remember, that you can be very present and grounded like I am, but be in your, be disassociated in your body, which is something I never knew was a possible thing. You know, hmm. does that yeah. make sense? So the, say it one more time. What's the first part? Well, that you 
<laughs> tell me. <laughs> that you can that you can be um, a centered person, a grounded person, as I am. Oh, I know. see. Yeah, but but in your body, not know what's like, not be as connected, essentially. Right. Or yeah. I mean. I feel like what he was talking about with you is that that's like a tendency, like that's your response to trauma. Trauma response, it's yeah. It's not, it, it's, that's the dynamic for you with that you learned, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's like you're always experiencing that. Or do you right. feel like you are? No, 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 no. I yeah. Don't. I don't. It's just that when it happens, like when I get like um, triggered, basically, then I do get like like I was talking to you before about like when I'm nervous I can't really hear what's going on like I feel like I have a hard time I'm really not in my body yeah and that I hate that feeling and so just I have learned to be loving to myself and just be like you know this is a moment of suffering maybe kind to myself and also like of course I feel that way I grew up in you know learning to that it was safer to not be in my body yeah. I was scared to death essentially to be in my body yeah um so I'm kind to myself but um but it, and it now it's really only in like extreme times where I feel it that way but still I'm excited to get more and more in touch with my body yeah, I'm excited to try once again to quit caffeine and see. I'll keep you oh, guys posted. Oh, you're gonna, you are. Gonna well, I want to do the workshop. Luis is gonna oh pay for my, give me the, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me for free. So I'm gonna try it. You know, I've heard that in his six week class, which I'm gonna do. I'm so excited about. Um, you're not supposed to have caffeine then either. Right. That's how I knew because I heard Britton mention it on when oh, she was on the podcast right. a couple of weeks ago. Right. 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 Um, okay. Well, shall we go to the energy report? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it is time for the energy report. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, I'm telling you, things are a little funny. And we're we're doing this on a Monday, the full moon in Gemini. Oh, yeah. Which I'm realizing is what I'm feeling from from our conversation a little bit. What do you mean? Like the Gemini, Gemini energy? Yeah, a Gemini And the energy. eclipse, even? There's yeah, an eclipse? Well, it's, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a full moon eclipse in Gemini, yeah. so it's really heightened. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm kind of feeling like this, like, do, do, do. <laughs> no? You don't get what I mean by that. Oh, my God. It was like, was that like a video game sound? <laughs> I was supposed to indicate bouncing in the brain. Oh, okay. Like a, kind of like a video game, like a video game where, you, you know, that old one with the, ba the ball that you'd have to like. Pong? Bong, pong. Is that what it yeah, was? Yeah, I know Pong. Um, that's what I pictured in my head. And then also with us. Oh, so I was right about the video game. You were. <laughs> Let's go on record. Tess was right about the video game. Yes, she was, Gregory. Um, in case you're wondering who I'm talking to, my assistant, Sir Winston Gregory, the cat is here. Oh, He's very cute. Okay. So, and he is, by the way, my number one co-regulator. As oh, Louise yeah. was talking about, I mean, just such a co-regulator for me. If I'm ever feeling tense, I just have to touch this guy. He's a real support animal. Any 
anywho, so what I'm noticing for the week ahead, which is what the energy report is, you, um, you, <laughs> boy, Tess, things are out of control today. The wheels have come off the bus. Um, is I noticed the trend of the energy for the week and partly by what I've seen in my clients and myself, but also kind of feeling into the week ahead. And one thing that's come up a lot this past week has been a lot of invalidation energy, a lot of actually what you were talking about with the shame and stuff, the, the low self-worth, mm-hmm. but um, not being necessarily channeled. The invitation, let's put it this way, is to do as you were doing and as I've been doing of putting it into our hearts and being really kind to ourselves. Yeah. But on a more practical level, which is a funny thing to say about energy healing, but still what I am going to suggest this week is to practice every day vacuuming it out of your space. Yeah. Just the uh, just the um essentially just the pictures of the um of the invalidation that I'm not good enough or old pictures of memories even of that just to clear off the energy so that then you can bring it into your heart have more space let's Mm -hmm. put it that way if you've been having a hard time putting it in your heart if you've been struggling with just um merging with that um a really good technique is to um do this, which is, do you remember the one time I, I feel like I suggested this like maybe almost a year ago and I couldn't think of the name for vacuum? Do you remember? Oh, that? right. I remember that. Because I was like, uh, what is a machine that sucks <laughs> things out of your space? And you were like, vacuum? <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> now I remember it. Um, what I like to picture is picturing a vacuum um, at the bottom of your aura. So, even you can even go down so you have a grounding cord which goes from the first chakra the base of your spine to the center of the earth that brings your spirit into your body connects you to your body but if you want to even just put that vacuum at the base of the grounding cord and vacuum out just get this image i often see it as brown energy so just vacuuming out all that brown energy um and then taking the vacuum, putting it in front of your aura, so like about two feet in front of you, and exploding it. Mm-hmm. And allowing that energy to go wherever it's supposed to go. Your energy comes back to you, others goes back to them, and then dropping your grounding cord down to the center of the earth, and then filling up with gold light. So that is just like one way to really, I'm really getting the feeling um, this week that we want to keep bringing our energy back to ourselves um so even you can do as we've been learning with connecting to the body by just putting awareness in your body where are you holding tension where do you feel numb you can do that and on an energy healing level just calling your energy back to you Mm -hmm. seeing you know after you do that vacuum bringing in gold, calling your energy back to you, maybe feeling your aura, just continually calling your energy back to you. I know a lot of people didn't go anywhere for the holiday in the U.S., but you may have had a lot of interactions. Even on Zoom, you know, when you have meetings, you can, if you don't have this little boundary and aware of your boundary, you can bring in other people's energy. So it's nice to explode that vacuum, call your energy back to you. Um, 
and that is I feel like was that the main thing there may have been something else but I, I think that's good yeah um, I like that I have been um calling my energy back to me like I have been realizing how powerful that is to do in a like a regular moment yes. like where like for example I when I was making my bed this morning I was like oh yeah I'm here I'm doing this. This is my life. This is my home. Like just to kind of be present in those regular moments that I might kind of tune out regularly, you know? Yes. I think there's a name for that in Buddhism, like in... um, Mindfulness? Yeah. Maybe just mindful. Like, but it's, I, it's, I, maybe that's all it is. But I thought it was also like bringing, maybe just bringing that mindful practice, um, it's so funny. I'm looking at a book on my on my table. It's called Mindful of Race, which is about um, transforming racism with a mindful pra- mindfulness Ooh. practice. It's by Ruth King. Um, I just started it, but um, I'll just feels like because I was looking at the word mindful, I was like, I feel like I should uh, mention this. Um, and I, it's, yeah, there's like sitting meditations, walking practices, and she has this quote here, we must be still and still moving by T.S. Eliot. So it's kind of like, I feel like that's what you were talking about, like moving, making your bed, but a stillness inside of being aware of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love like Thich Nhat Hanh talks about um, cleaning the house to clean the house, which was part of my I'm sure inspiration for magical housekeeping is I love that I love that practice of not just like it's something I continually remind myself of I still forget it like okay I gotta do this and then it's like wait I'm cleaning anyway I can't do those other things now I might as well fully just be here and clean and then there's like so much freedom and stillness in that yeah I actually love cleaning for that reason Mm-hmm. And I sometimes put it off because it's like, I really want to be in it when I do it. Oh, like, yeah. I can't do that. Right. But and yeah. playing music and burning incense and stuff like that makes it kind of brings you into that moment, too. Yeah. I often tell people, um, you know, when you're washing the dishes, just call your energy back to you. That's all. Mm-hmm. I always use the washing the dishes example. I can take not Honda's, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's and funny. I think Miracle of Mindfulness. Oh, that's funny. I like making the bed. That's also a good one. I'm like, I should think of something other than washing the dishes. But like, and just like putting your hand on your heart. That's why I often say like the self-compassion practice doesn't have to be like an hour thing where you're Mm -hmm. doing that. You can just put your hand on your heart when you're, you know, in a Zoom meeting. No one else. Look, you can't see it that I'm doing it right now. You know, just these little moments really add up. Yeah. So I love what you said. Like, yeah, calling your energy back to you when you're making your bet. Mm-hmm. It is a powerful practice. Yeah. So that's it. That's what I have to say this week. Okay. Love it. So now it's time for practical magic. Okay. So now if you're listening on Monday, like we said, it's a full moon and eclipse. Even if you're not listening on Monday, there's still the effect of that. You can still enter into that portal. You can still do that work or, you know, feel that magic. Mm -hmm. So here's what I wrote in the 2020 Year Most Magical Year Yet Planner for the full moon on November 30th and the lunar eclipse. This will be an ideal time to release old stories, patterns, toxins, and traumas so we can Mm -hmm. enter the Yuletide season with the brightest and most joyful of spirits. 
Light your bathroom with one or more white candles. Add a half cup of sea salt, a full cup of Epsom salt, and a quarter cup of baking soda to your bath water. Soak for at least 40 minutes as you replenish your fluids with plenty of drinking water. Then thoroughly wash your entire body, including your hair and face, with the original liquid peppermint variety of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap. Mm. You'll probably want to use fresh water to wash your hair so the salt doesn't dry it out. So, yeah, I love that soap. Do, do you ever use that soap? Mm-mm. It's so magical. It's so pepperminty. I've loved it forever. I found mm-hmm. it, like, in the grocery store when I was in high school. I didn't even know oh, it was, like, really? the, the iconic hippie soap. <laughs> but so I funny. always loved it. It's so – it really is magical. Um, but then also I have for um, this week – let me – I had more I wanted to read to you from my planner. Um. December for, oh for Giving Tuesday so I oh. still am feeling this generosity energy which is the Sagittarius season energy mm-hmm. which is expansion but I just feel like it's really healthy too right now for us to give but this is more like last week we talked about finding a plan for what you want to give energetically and spiritually and physically um, this week consider doing a spell or a ritual to support a cause you care about so here's what i wrote in the planner for Mm. december 1st which is giving tuesday whether or not you choose to monetarily support a charity today you might like to work some charitable magic on behalf of a cause you care about for example you could light a candle to saint francis of assisi and request that he support the animals in your neighborhood or generally support animal rights causes across the world you could place a seashell in a chalice of water, chalice of water, and invoke the goddess Yamaya to heal and protect our oceans. Or you could empower a clear quartz or moss agate with your highest vision for the environmental well-being of the planet, and then bury it near the base of a tree. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So magic to help heal the planet. And then also, still, if you guys haven't checked out the Life You Can Save, that book so inspiring oh i I did just buy it i haven't read it yet but i have it right here oh yeah let me know i mean burnout too i don't know which one i think you should start with Mm. i guess whichever one you're most drawn to but burnout is also really good um so many books and i just i'm not reading them well i I am reading but just there's just so many i want to just follow your intuition on it but if you guys feel inspired i just i really it changed my whole like really deeply changed my perspective on my life and how I can help mm. when I read The Life You Can Save. Yeah, that's big. And I do think it goes really well with um, The Good Place, if you guys haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. it's I just think that is so beautiful. That show is yeah. so inspiring and beautiful and deep. And it, it the, the, the kind of qualities of the life you can save are so just really shown in that show i feel yeah, like yeah that's good i'm a, i'm a, i've watched the good place so I've yeah isn't it the, the last episode just yeah made me cry so much mm. so 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 spiritually true mm. had so much truth so much resonance um all right well <laughs> not to cut you off from that what were you just smiling about? Oh, that, that I, I just grabbed a different deck than I thought I did. And oh. so I have Ellen Dugan's <laughs> Witch's Tarot instead oh. of... <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. Instead of your own. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So now we should just do some housekeeping, which is you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. Oh, and we will answer questions uh, next week. We have some built up there. Sorry we haven't gotten to them, but we've had it just has been going longer. Um, and you can ask us a question there. You can go to 828-333-7181 for uh, our voicemail. Sorry, a kitten jumped on me and, <laughs> and clawed me. Um, and you can find us at Magic Monday Podcast on Facebook at Magic Monday Podcast listeners. We have a nice little group there on Facebook, on Instagram, Magic Monday Podcast. And I think that's, oh, and yeah, you can sign up for the mailing list. You know what we didn't mention is you sign up for the mailing list on our class, you get access to a free, not a free, an early bird rate. Oh, yeah. Like a real good discount. Yeah. So if you do that. <laughs> There's a cat tail going <laughs> past Natasha's face. It's a oh black cat tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, so you can sign up for that on our website. And where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where you can find lots and lots of rituals and spells and magical inspiration and guided meditations. And you can sign up for my newsletter. And you can find me on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. And where can we find you? You can find me at highestlighthealing.com, highestlighthealing.com. Um, and you can sign up for my newsletter or look at the classes I have or schedule a session with me there. Um, and on Instagram and Facebook at Highest Light Healing. So should we pick our card? Yeah, let's pick our cards. I actually already drew one because it stood out to me. Oh, and I think I'm just going to use this Muse Tarot one more time because okay. I'm loving it. So I drew from uh, Ellen Dugan's Witch's Tarot, which is a really excellent tar tarot deck. Oh, and Ellen is going to be on our show one day. Ooh. We just don't have it scheduled yet. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I drew the Ace of Wands. So this is fresh. It's the picture... In the tarot, it's like a sunrise with a butterfly and this beautiful wand with ribbons and blossoms on it. So wands are the fire element. The aces are like, it's the purest form, the purest and most potent form of the fire element. We are in Sagittarius season. And it's so the, it's like a new beginnings. It's like a new sort of um, way that your soul wants to express and be seen. So I feel like we're tapping into that this week is the kind of being aware of throughout the week, like how do I want to be seen and what do I want to express or new projects, new directions you want to go? How does your fire element want to express in a sort of a new beginnings sort of way you know this makes me think we should do our power hour because the theme is so strong let's do it okay we're gonna do our power hour we haven't mentioned it y'all but we'll put it on our instagram we're um, mentioning it now yeah they're still with us our yeah, listeners are still, still with us here for god's sake we were because worried since we didn't mention it earlier that we would we're we're gonna lose you so we're like ah we'll shoot next week but we're changing our minds we're doing yeah. it this wednesday that's right and at 
7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Yeah, 4 Pacific, 5 Mountain, 6 Central, 7 mm-hmm. Eastern. And we'll put it, maybe we'll put it on Instagram a couple of times to let people know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Instagram Life. Well, I picked the sun. So I oh. feel like... What? Did we oh. say that it's on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, we said December 3rd. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you picked the sun. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we right. forgot Are to say the day. Are you ready to admit this is a bit of a spacier episode? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I picked the sun. It was in reverse. Um, I picked the sun from the Muse Tarot. It was reversed, but the sun is such a positive, bright card that it's never thought of as, like, too much, like, the opposite. Let's put it that way. It's more just, like, but the idea of the sun is always, like, powerful positivity and shining your light. And I think of it, you know, really associated with Leo energy, Mm -hmm. like, really celebrating yourself, being out there. And so if it's reversed, maybe there's some... There's a little bit of, um, well, you know what I'm tuning into is a little bit of wanting to put that for yourself as opposed to the sun I think of as a really external card, you Mm -hmm. know, but I feel like in this sense, because it's reversed, it's like, oh, giving yourself that light, shining your Mm -hmm. light for yourself. Yeah, shining it on the inside. Yeah. Like like you were talking about before, accepting yourself, taking in yourself in this bright light way, in an optimistic way, taking all of your experiences um, and drinking it in in light, in an optimistic way. So I feel like that's a real clear compared with your card, don't you think? Right, yeah, because when I look at this card, because I didn't pick up, I picked up the book for the other deck that I thought I was picking up, so I (laughs) didn't have the book. Um, So I was like, I'm just going to look at the card and go with my knowledge of the card. And so I looked deeply at it for that reason, and the sunrise really stands out to me, and the the feeling of hope and um, joy really stands out to me that's exactly what the sun card is it's yeah really joyful energy so maybe our power hour we can talk about expressing your joy or like feeling that internal joy how to do that more how to um feel your light when you yeah i like it Great. joy feeling the joy feeling the joy getting your joy on <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing Wednesday, (laughs) getting our joy on. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Luis grounded us in the center and the outsides were a little flighty, but we're still here and we love you. Yeah, we do. We love you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Let's go on record. (laughs) Tess was right about the video game.